Well, good morning once again. There are two things that every pastor knows. The first thing is you should never sneak up on a man who's been in a chemical fire. The second thing is this. Don't ever make people move from their seats when they've been sitting in this place for a really long time. But because this is my last Sunday preaching without Pastor Joshua, I'm going to break this rule. I'm going to make you all uncomfortable. This morning as we talk about church being a family, I want to ask you if you've been sitting in the seat that you sit for many Sundays to get up and to sit by someone you don't normally sit with. Come on, let's do it. Come on. Sit by someone you don't normally sit with. excited about right now? Something you're excited about? Okay. Just one thing. One thing. Um, my future. What do you mean by that? Um, because it's better than my past. Whoa. And I'm excited about today because it's better than yesterday. Hey, that's good stuff right there. Jeff, what are you excited about? Yeah. Uh, pretty much every day. Excited about every day. I am excited about every day, and mostly about hearing your message today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Checks in the mail, by the way. Thank you. If there was one thing, let's talk to Debbie here. Debbie, if there was one thing I could pray for you for, what would that be? That um, every single thing that's been stolen from me would be redeemed. All right. So I want you guys to stretch your hands out towards Debbie right now. Lord, you've heard the prayer of our sister. And we align ourselves with your word. This is a scriptural prayer she's asking for. And we ask for every single thing that's been stolen from, from Debbie to be returned to her. We ask for the broken relationships to be healed. We ask for all the areas of brokenness to be put back together like only you can do. And Lord, we look forward to the day when Debbie can testify, even though she's already full of the joy of the Lord, that she can testify and say, there's another thing that God fixed that I didn't think he was going to fix. And praise God through whom all blessings flow. Do you agree with that? Say amen. Amen. Thank you guys. God is good, amen? 
Thank you, guys. None of that was planned. I love these guys. Just come and sit up on the front step. It's awesome. <laughs> we're going to talk about the church today, which is us, which we're part of the church. We're not all of the church, but we are part of the church. In this picture, what do we see? A steeple. What do we see? Is it the church? No, it's not the church. Is this the place where uh, a church happens? Well, see, it's, I would suggest it's not even the place where the church happens. You see, the church is not a building. And the church is also not a meeting. It's not, this isn't the place where the meeting happens. See, the church is us. The church is us. I know it's got a big semantic range in English, and we, we do this all the time, and if you really want to get Paul Nunn upset, start talking about the church as the building. You can just see, like, rage going up, and you see, like, the red coming up, and he's about to explode. I've never pushed him that far, because I don't know what he will do. I'm a little bit nervous about getting Paul Nunn to explode, because, you know, it's the real quiet, super nice guys that you fear, and I'm afraid what's going to happen, but... It's it's a sermon that Paul constantly preaches to us and says, but remember, church is a family. And we go, you know what, you're right. And we're constantly being realigned because it's true. It's so easy to buy in to thinking of this thing that we do as the whole point or this building as the whole point. You know, a few years ago, there was a a series of arsons in East Texas. How many, there's like 11 churches burned or 10 churches burned. In fact, my, my uncle's church uh, uh, in Tyler, this Baptist church was torched, just burned to the ground, and it was a serial arsonist. It was all over the national news for a while. And uh, these churches were being burned down. But see, here's the thing. The churches really aren't being burned down. They never were. The people of God said, you know what? We're going to come together, and we're going to find a different place to meet until these things can be restored, because the enemy can't burn down the church. Just can't. Now, this is very elementary, and we all know this deep down, but I want us to start to think about church in terms of how the scripture talks about it, particularly this verse. Here's Paul writing to his protege, Timothy, who he's installed to lead God's people in Ephesus. He says, I am writing these things to you so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. The household of God, which is the church. We are his household. We are his family. We are something more than an organization. We're something more than a meeting. We're the family of God. We are part of the family of God. And see, this is one reason why I get so excited that we can celebrate, like we're going to tonight, with so many others of the faith, because those are brothers and sisters that we haven't met yet. They're not competitors, and I'm so happy to see how, what the Lord's doing in our community, that we're able to truly get to know and love other pastors and love other bodies here and work side by side, and step, you guys have been a part of that, and Project Hope, and all these kinds of things, because it reinforces that truth, that the, the family of God is big. And we, as Pastor Joshua likes to use the, the word tribe all the time, right? We're, a tri- we're just one tribe in the family of God. So I want to work out some of the implications of this. 
Um, First of all, this is where we're going uh, the next few weeks is we're, we're still going through our, our core values or core beliefs. The church is God's family on earth. That's today. And next two weeks, we'll be talking about how we exist as a church to glorify God on earth and to work together to extend God's family. But today, we're just going to talk about this first one. The church is God's family uh, on earth. I was uh, looking over, we, we looked a lot at 1 Corinthians uh, 13 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we talked about compassion. I was reading through the chapter right before that, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's Paul, and he's talking uh, about spiritual gifts. Um, and so it's one we like to quote a lot when we're talking about spiritual gifts, but I think there's an even greater application. So let me give you, let me paint it a little bit. So follow me. I don't have these words on screen. Um, so if you're, if you're reading uh, along, it's uh, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 14. I'm sorry, verse 4 we're going to start in. Now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. And there are varieties of miracles and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. To, uh, to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by one spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles into various prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits to various kinds of tongues, uh, to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though there are many as one, uh, so also is Christ. Verse 14 The body is not one member, but many. So get this now. So he's already set this out. So let's walk away from just the idea of, we talked a lot about the Holy Spirit being active and, and some of what that means for us a few weeks ago. Um, that's on the podcast if you want to listen to that. It's called The Spirit is, uh, Holy Spirit is Active. But I want to, to pan back a little bit, all right? For this, the body is not one member but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. Why should someone with one gift say, well, I'm not, I don't have that gift, so I'm not part of the body? That's what Paul's saying. And if the ear says, well, I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body. <laughs> it's not for this reason, any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, be, where would the hearing be? What a simple, obvious question. I love Paul here. And he goes and he pulls this out, saying, we've got to be different. We have to have different gifts. If one person, or if, one, if there's one gift throughout, you're not going to have any variety. You're not going to have uh, uh, any uh, uh, roundness of being. You're not gonna, you see what I'm saying? It's such an obvious thing here. He's talking, he's talking about spiritual gifts. But let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like you don't belong in the church because you don't have someone else's gift? Because many people have. And it's really unfortunate. They might say, well, I can't sing, so I can't be a part of church. What? What are you talking about? Well, I can't preach, so I can't. Well, so what? Well, I'm not really good at praying. <laughs> so many things, you see? And he says, you're not less apart. God's given each one of us gifts. He's, he's given each one of us uh, abilities to reach other people that somebody else might not be able to. He says, you're all a part of the body. We don't need a whole bunch of carbon copies. And thank God. 
I don't want you all to look like me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's Bible, right? So, in the same way, I want to turn this around a little bit. In the same way, there are many who think they don't need the rest of the body, but they just need what they've got. Well, I'm an eye, and I see all the things wrong with the church. Therefore, I don't want them. I don't know if you guys have seen the, you know, any of the 2,000 articles that are written every month about why the church is evil and why everybody should leave the church and why everybody is leaving the church because the church is so hypocritical and judgmental and all these things. I've read one of these. They're always actually, so some of them are great to read because they offer wonderful, helpful critiques. Some of them are just people lashing out and I'm shaking my head going, you can't be serious. I read one and this guy was talking about how the church basically is wrong about all things and always has a terrible attitude and always come, coming down all these things and how he hates the body of Christ basically, but he stays and we should all be so thankful that he stays because if he leaves, then nobody will be able to fix it. <laughs> like, oh gosh. If I don't speak, none of these things will ever change. Now, there's, there's half of a good principle there the half of the good principle is you do have something to say. But basically he's saying, I don't need the body. The body needs me because I'm an eye. Do you know how bad it would be to be in a church with only eyes? Some of you guys have been around. <laughs> say, you know, what, who only, you see, there's a lot of people who will say, well, uh, now, now I, I totally believe in the prophetic gifting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we, this is one of the things we major on here, I think. Um, but if you had, see, sometimes, sometimes, if you only have that one gift, there is so much seeing. There's so much seeing the wrong thing, and there's so much passion. I mean, you could end up yelling at one another for the sins that you supposedly see in each other's life. Do you see what I'm saying? Some of you guys who have prophetic gifts, I'm not, I'm not getting on you. I'd say the same thing about teaching. What if they were all, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. You guys know that. If, if the body of Christ was made up of a bunch of teachers, you know what we'd be doing all the time? It would be maddening. It would be, ma I don't want a bunch of people like me who's going around and always trying to analyze a better way to do something. And it would be horrible. Plus, we wouldn't have a lot of people actually leading the way and say, well, let's do it. We'd be too busy thinking about theory. We need one another. We need one another. And it's always a concern to me, not only when I see uh, uh, somebody who feels like they don't belong, but someone who feels like uh, uh, um, they don't need the church because they have Jesus. Well, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not a Christian because I don't want to be lumped in with those guys. I'm just a follower of Christ. I'm just one doing my best, and I'm not like them. I'm so tired of that, guys. Yes, there are faults in our body. There are many faults in our body. Not only our tribe, but the people of God. And isn't that obvious? Isn't that natural? Because we're coming and saying, I'm flawed. Are you guys flawed? Any flawed people in here? If you can't say you're flawed, then I think we need to go back and talk about sin and repentance like we did last week again. Because every single one of us are here because we're recognizing that we're not good enough. We're here because we're recognizing, you know what? I can't follow God apart from the Holy Spirit. I can't overcome the things in me by myself. I certainly can't atone for the things I've done. Therefore, I need others in my life. That's what it means to be a Christian, guys, is to acknowledge our flaws and throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus. We need one another. 
I need you guys in my life. I've tried too often to try to just fix things on my own or bury things, and it doesn't work well. I promise you it doesn't work well. I don't think I've seen a person who buries themselves and locks themselves in a room who is doing well. It doesn't work that way. We need the body of Christ, not only him. Christianity is more than just you and Jesus with a Bible on a hill. It's true. This is a corporate faith. It's a family. You can't be a family by yourself. You cannot be a family all by yourself. It doesn't make any sense. Now, the church is a family, but we do gather as well, and the gathering is very important. Let's look at what the writer of Hebrews says. Well, first of all, actually, um, the, uh, let me give you a little bit of background. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Um, it, was probably Paul or one of Paul's people, but it's unsigned, so it's a wonderful mystery. If you're ever looking for a fun uh, uh, thing to you know, study to do in the Bible, look at all the different theories on, why, on who wrote the book of Hebrews. It's fascinating. Um, but the, this uh, author, he's going through, he's writing to people who were Jews and who have met Jesus. And he is imploring them the whole time, don't go back, Christ is better. Don't go back, Christ is better. And he's giving them a whole new context for everything they've learned in the Torah and in the entire Old Testament, saying it's all pointing to Christ, and Christ is the best, don't go back. So there's one part here um, that uh, I find particularly fascinating, and uh, here, here we go. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts been sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What's he saying? He's saying this. You know, we used to have a priest who once a year would sacrifice something for us, and he was the only one that had access to the presence of God. He's saying that's not true for us. Since we have a new great high priest, since we have access to him and to his presence, let's draw near. Let's draw near more than we did before. Let us draw near with a sincere heart. And he goes on. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, uh, point out a couple of things here. Stimulating one another to love and good deeds. Uh, this is one of the things we're called to, one of the reasons we gather, to stimulate one another, to encourage one another to love and good deeds. Uh, uh, not forsaking the assembly and uh, uh, encouraging one another. So um, his, his point here, he says, let's do it all the more. Uh, I, would, I would break it down this way. Um, we have three things he's, he brought up. Let's draw near. That's in worship. We worship in many ways here. We worship through song, obviously. That's not the end of worship, though. We worship through communion. We do this every week here, as we've started to do this year. And for me, it's been a huge blessing because it always brings me back to the cross. 
By, by taking communion every single week, we are remembering him. We're going straight back to the source. We're not getting off on tangents. That's what it does for me. That's why I love it. Sorry if it's been, it might be laborious for some of you guys. Maybe you come from super traditional churches and it seems dry. I hope that's not the case, but I understand if it is. But let's keep pushing through because I think what's gonna happen is we're, we're gonna, it, it's gonna make us more mindful all the time of Christ's sacrifice. That's why we do it every week. It's part of worship. It's part of drawing near. We draw near by praying uh, uh, together. We pray for one another. We pray for our missionaries. Um, and uh, uh, hearing the word, there's all of these things that have to do with drawing near to him. Searching our hearts and being vulnerable. Sometimes we have challenges uh, that we give, obviously, and we move forward in that. Um, another thing, being encouraged, receiving. Part of the reason we come is to receive. It is not the only reason. If you, if you start narrowing down coming and gathering with us just for receiving, you're going to wind up very unsatisfied because I will, put, I will let you down. We don't come just to receive, but we do come to receive. We do come to receive. We come to rest in his presence. We come to hear the proclamation of the gospel and to, to hear the scriptures and, and hopefully gain more insight on scriptures. We come to receive vision and strategies for our tribe. We come to hear testimonies of the goodness of God. Wasn't that a great testimony about the can? That's so cool. God healing somebody of a deep, past wound. I don't know what that does to you, but to me, I get super encouraged when I hear that. And I say, you know what? God can also help me with the things that I'm going through. We do come to receive. But we also come to encourage one another to love and good deeds. If you're only coming to receive, well, to me, that sounds a lot like consumerism, you know? If you only come to church to receive, are you doing anything more than consuming? You see, in a family, you don't just come and ask for stuff. You also come and give. The asking is good and it's important, but so is the giving. And each one of you has something to offer. And now you're sitting next to somebody else. Maybe you just met them. But I bet you have something to offer to that person. And I'm going to make you speak to one another in just a little bit. Because this is my last Sunday. Not my last Sunday, but you get a, if you get mad at me, you'll be relieved. Because Pastor Josh will be back next week. And then can flood his office with angry phone calls. It'll be great. Stimulating one another to good works. Uh, part of what, the reason we gather is to have fellowship, to get to know one another. That's giving. It's also receiving, but there's giving in that. Praying for others. I loved how last week as uh, uh, we, we opened up the altars and people were coming and praying, I loved seeing so many of you come up unbidden just to pray for somebody. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, and I, I love seeing that happen before service. I, I love that because if you're doing that, you're recognizing that the Holy Spirit's in you too. It's a beautiful thing. So you get the idea. There's also giving of, of resources, of tithes and offerings, uh, uh, reminding one another of what God's doing even in our own lives. All of this. See, it's reciprocation. This is family. This is one of the things we do. We gather because a family gathers. But, of course, Sunday morning is not the summation of church. It's just not. It's a beautiful part of it, and it's an important part of it, but it's not the only part of it. In fact, uh, uh, if we're a family, the main thing a family does is it shares life together. Now, we have a lot of people in here, so it's unrealistic to think 
that you're gonna know every single person and be best buds with every single person in here, nor would that probably be a good idea. <laughs> every one of you would be too busy, and we don't want you to be too busy. But I hope, I hope that you've formed good relationships with other brothers and sisters here. I really do, because I know a lot of you, and you guys are unbelievable. So uh, um, to, to share life together, that's what uh, a healthy family does. Healthy family celebrates together. It's great to celebrate with Clint and Alicia. And these guys have been through a lot, as you know, the past few years. And it's great to be able to stand with them and, and cry with them when they cry. Pray for them as they're calling out to the Lord for protection, all of these things. And now to be able to celebrate, I just get all quaky when I see him. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for what you did. See, that's family. That's what a family does. And the fact that you guys felt it too, that's family. It's going, yes. We celebrate together. We mourn together in those difficult times. We exhort one another, sometimes giving words that maybe don't feel so good. I got one of those this week. <laughs> Looking back at Doug Easterday. You know what? I have asked Doug Easterday, I've asked several people to speak into my life and even tell me things that are hard things. And I'm so happy for it. Does it always feel good? No. But I'm always better for it. I promise you that. I encourage you guys to do the same thing. Have people who can exhort you to encourage one another, to build them back up. See, Doug doesn't just exhort. He also encourages, which is great. He, 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 he knocks me down, but then he picks me up, which is always good. <laughs> to encourage one another. And most importantly, to remind one another who you really are. Do you have anybody in your life that does this? Well, I have several. One of those is Jeff Starr. Is Jeff in here? I don't see him. Jeff Starr is one of these guys, and I know a lot of people have had the same testimony. If you're ever super frustrated with yourself, particularly, he's a wonderful guy to go to, because every time I do that, I say, man, this is, I'm just, and I'm just, and, and there's something about the way that Jeff tells you, you are an amazing man of God and actually means it, have, has anyone received that from Jeff, right? So all you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm bummed he's not in here because I'm totally being embarrassing. I would totally embarrass him right now if he was. But there's something about that. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten through uh, uh, sitting down and having a cup of coffee with him and I, I, walking home. And I, it's like I can, oh yeah, that's right. I remember now. I remember what God call, God's called me to do, who God's called me to be. I remember the good things that he's given me and things aren't really that dark. Thank you, Lord. Find people in your life that will do that for you. Remind you who you are. Here's the question. How do we love our family members? How do you love one another in this room? How do you love other people of God? The first thing is to give grace. Lots of it. You're gonna need a lot of it, basically because we're all flawed, remember? And because we're all flawed, we understand that we're all working on things, that we're all in the process of, of sanctification. Give grace. Now, the operative word here is give. You have something to offer. I wonder what would happen if we all regularly looked around and said, who might be hurting? who might be lonely, what can I give? Because I'll be honest with you, that's not usually my first impulse 
Like, I have to, like, make myself do that because I'm not naturally, like, a real extrovert and stuff. Um, like, Pastor Joshua, you know, just, like, does all that, like, so naturally. I'm like, man, I, I wish I could see that. And some of you guys have that. You just have the ability to look and sense where somebody's at. Some of us don't. But what if we put ourselves in that posture all the time to be looking around and say, who could I give an encouraging word? Who could I give a hug to? Who could I uh, uh, give a high five to? Who could I just remind something good to, to, to a person? You know what I'm saying? What, how would that change the way that we relate to one another? I think it would be awesome. I really do. To give grace, that means actively to give away what we have. You don't need uh, uh, to wait for the invitation. Next, be open. To be authentic, to be real, and to be open. Now, I come from East Texas, you guys know that. And sometimes in East Texas, or anywhere in the Bible Belt, really, culture, you come into church, and someone says, how are you doing? Now, there's a script for that, okay? The correct answer is, I'm fine. That's the correct answer. <laughs> if you give another answer, now you might be at a place when, you know, that, that it, this doesn't happen, but this happened to me very often. If you say, I, well, well, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm not doing that great because this and this happened. You might see this. <laughs> oh, because there's a thing. Like, you know, everything's supposed to be fine. It's supposed to be great, man. Like, are you kidding? Like, you're at church. You're suppo- Don't you know you have the joy, 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 joy down in your heart, wear down in your heart? Don't you know that? <laughs> Didn't you know that? Like, everything's supposed to be great, and here you are saying that you're not great. What's the matter with you? All right. That is pushed to an unhealthy extreme in many ways, and of course, I'm painting with a very broad brush, so forgive me. That's not true in all cases, obviously. But it, it can become a cultural thing. And it can become a cultural thing anywhere when we know the way we should be acting or we know what we, ought to, what we think we ought to be feeling and we're not acting that way, we're not feeling that way. It's a desire to cover that up sometimes. I want to encourage you guys to be real, to be open. Does that mean you're open with every single person? Obviously not. But to find people, you can really open up your heart and say, here's what I, where I'm at, here's what I'm feeling, and then you don't stop there then you're open to receive from that person. You see, sometimes people think authenticity is this. Well, this is just the way that it is. This is just the way that I feel. So I, if, if, if I smile and I don't feel like smiling, I'm being fake. And you know what? That's actually not true. It's actually not true. You can be honest about where you're at while at the same time receiving encouragement from others. Being open does not mean, well, I tell you that I'm having a really, really lousy day and then I just keep scowling and I'm determined to scowl. <laughs> that's, not, that's not transparency. That's not openness. All that is is pouting. There's a difference between <laughs> being open and pouting. But what if we could all be actually real and say, you know what, I'm going through a really rough time right now. Could you pray with me? I'm going through a really rough time because this or this is happening or I'm discouraged about this and now I, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you, I want to take what you have to give me because you probably have something to give me. This honestly has been a real area of where, where I've been stretched and had to grow because as you know, you go through tough times, you go through dark times and you start 
feeling a certain way and you think, oh, this is just the way that it is and this is the way that I'm supposed to act and feel. And I went through that very much with all the stuff going through my son and all this. And, and I was really challenged by the people I work with who happen to be full of grace and happiness like Red Crab. When you ask Red, how, how, how you doing? You're gonna get a great Oklahoma-ism probably. Like, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins. That's one of his favorite sayings. I can't, I, I, I can't necessarily feel that when he tells me that, but you know what I can do? I can breathe in the grace and the joy that he has, and I can open myself up to encouragement, even if I feel a little dark. I can open myself up to that joy that he has by speaking to him, not, by not covering myself up and jumping under my desk. You know what I'm saying? Because I have to do that if I'm going to stay pouty. Because if you work in this office, that's what you have to do. Because you might dodge red, but then you'll see Pastor Joshua going, hey, brother, how you doing? Man, life is good. Isn't this amazing what the Lord's allowed us to do together? And you're like, uh. and so you can dodge him, but then you're going to see Jeff, hey, hey, awesome man of God, come here, you know? <laughs> Over time, I began to see, you know what, it actually, it's not really authenticity to be determined to be sad. And I began to open myself up and let their joy come in. And you guys, it makes a huge difference. Because I can't do that on my own. I need people to remind me what God's doing. I, I'm just weak that way, you know what I'm saying? I need reminders of what the Lord's called me to do, of what, of what the Lord is doing around us. And we all do, we all need that. Find people who are strong in your weak places and throw yourself into the goodness of God. Be open. Finally, be bold. Be bold. When, uh, when we came here, um, my son Samuel had just had open heart surgery. He was six months old. Some of you guys remember that. He's had an appointment. He's doing amazing, by the way. You guys are... I forgot to post that update. We put this, but yeah, he's doing great. Um, but we, we were worried um, when we came after so much attention is focused on, on Jack, my autistic son, because he just requires so much more hands-on, you know, engagement and all these things that Samuel would feel left out and that, you know, he would have one of these, he needs to have lots of attention at such a young age, you know, and we're always cognizant of that with all our kids and thinking about that, but it was especially concerned about Sam um, because he's just younger than Jack. And uh, we were so blessed though, because here's, here's what Sam started doing. And some of you guys were at our college groups years ago when this would happen, that we would be uh, praying or doing our thing down at the end of, uh, 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 for college group for like two hours and the kids would be hiding in the back room watching a movie. And once they were done with the movie, we'd know the clock was ticking because sooner or later Sam was going to come out. Now he was two years old at the time and he would come around to the top of their stairs, there's four stairs going down into the living room and he'd stop and go like this. And he'd look down and there's like 15 people crowded in this living room and he'd go, hey everybody, look who's here. And it was over. College group's over at that point because you just, I mean, if someone is going to be able to say, hey, everybody, look who's here. You better, you better look who's there. <laughs> and you know what? I've been so pleased by my son. He's six now and he's, he still does this. And, and it's this. When he wants attention, 
He actually asked for it. How great is that? He doesn't act up. He doesn't start throwing glass against the wall. Well, like, I have another son who might do that kind of thing. But regardless, <laughs> Sam, he will just come and say, he'll just come and he'll look right at you and he'll, like, turn your face and go. <laughs> and I've learned from my son in that way that why is it that we think we have to wait? If you're a part of the family of God, you don't have to wait you can step out. You see, in the same way that we do that with our father, that we're open because he's a good, good father, in the same way we can do that with one another to say, you know what? <sighs> Hi, Jeff, look who's here. <laughs> we can do that with one another. We really can. You know why? Because we're the family of God. If we really love one another, why would we wait and wallow in whatever it is we're going through? Here's the hard thing is we can't read each other's minds. I wish that we could. I so wish that we could. But nothing's more heartbreaking than seeing, than finding out that somebody's been just going through a terrible time and you had no idea and you love that person. You're like, ah, why didn't you tell me? Because we're brothers and sisters, you see? And he's a good dad. My uncle was telling me um, about a situation uh, uh, there's, in YWAM Tyler, people adopt children left and right. I wanted to do a study and find out how many kids have been adopted through YWAM Tyler. It's unbelievable. And one of them, uh, he was just telling us a story of, of, of some of our uh, uh, YWAM workers down there. They had taken this little kid, I can't remember where they're from, but this little boy, and uh, he had, I think, been in an orphanage um, and didn't know what it was like to be in a house when there was abundance. And he, he had full access to everything, complete access, but it just takes time, this kind of stuff. He could at any, any point walk into a kitchen with a, a full refrigerator and cabinet, but he was just very hesitant and very scared, you know? And one day they went to his room and they found cockroaches in his room, as you're wont to find in Texas, and they're like that big. They found a bunch of cockroaches and they were around his bed and they pulled up his mattress and he had a whole bunch of food under his mattress because he didn't know when that might run out. He didn't understand that he had full access to a family that loved him. Do you love your brothers and sisters? I want you to know you have access to us. You have access to us, not only church, the leadership of this particular tribe, you have access to one another. And I want to implore you by the mercies of God, to be bold and say when you're hurting. To be bold and say, I need help in this area. To be bold and open yourself up to relationship more and more. And if you do that, if, and, and if we're looking to give grace to one another, you guys, the health of our body and the health of our person, we're gonna grow. And I have a feeling we're gonna fall more in love with Jesus in the process. He is a good father, and he's called us to be a family. Now, I want to ask you guys to do something. You remember how Jeff and Debbie ran up here and were so wonderful and didn't even know that I was going to do that, I promise. I want you to turn to another person, or if you're in groups, that's fine, and tell them something you're excited about. And then tell them one thing you could pray about. Can you be so bold to do that? Just say, I'm excited about this, and I would love prayer for this. And it doesn't have to be a long thing. It could be a super short thing. It could be a long thing. And then, and then, pray. 
Can you do that? I think you can. I know you can because we're a family and that's what family does. So let's do that. Turn to one another and share, okay?